I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for TGIF, September 15th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, both MGM Resorts and Caesars were hit with cyber attacks by the same group of hackers recently that cost them tens of millions of dollars. Now, our knowledge of casino heists comes entirely from Ocean's Eleven, but I'd hazard a guess these hackers weren't quite as suave as Clooney and Pitt. You would think that casinos would put, like, would have really good cybersecurity. That's what you would think, right, Jay? <laughs> you would think that, but apparently it was like chaos. I have a friend in Vegas was posting about this. It wow. was causing major havoc. You know, that makes me very nervous because if the casinos don't have the appropriate cybersecurity protections to stop this group of hackers from conducting a heist, who does? Like, you would expect they spend millions on this thing. Well, maybe Danny Ocean went online. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it will not be as cool of a movie if Danny goes online. The suavest like. nerds on the planet in Moscow. That's right. They do wear tuxedos to work, but they're just hackers like everybody yeah. else. But aside from us imagining oceans, I don't know, 20 at this point, what do we have for Peak Calls today? For our first story, Tesla makes manufacturing breakthrough. For our second story, TIFF's sponsorship, TIFF. And for our last story, why is violence breaking out at air train festivals across Canada? For our first story, its CEO may be busy challenging Mark Zuckerberg to cage matches, but Tesla has still managed to come up with a new way to make cars that's expected to be faster and cheaper. How are they doing that, Brett? So they're using 3D printers. And through this, Tesla has been able to create a new giga casting process in which many small parts of a vehicle are made from a single mold. Now, here's how it works. Typically, automakers have to create individual molds for hundreds of small parts that go into a vehicle. Now, Tesla has managed to create one that incorporates most of the complex parts in their EVs into one mold. By using 3D printers to build test molds with industrial sand, Tesla spent 3% of what they would make testing with metal test molds. That's allowed them to iron out the design kinks of their vehicles quickly and at a fraction of the cost. Now, automakers have historically avoided giga casting because of the cost of redesigning the metal test molds if they need to make a change, up to $1.5 million per mold. And this is all important because the manufacturing breakthrough means Tesla could start producing vehicles at significant lower cost than its competitors. Even consumers skeptical of going electric could be enticed if Tesla can offer a high-quality EV cheaper than traditional cars. Probably. And Tesla's aiming to offer its new small EV model, which has been at the center of its breakthrough, for about $25,000 US by mid-decade. But the company still needs to make new gigapresses with more clamping power and build bigger facilities to accommodate them, both of which will take time and are sure to cost a solid chunk of change. It sounds more high-tech than new Detroit stamping for all you 8-mile fans. Now, here's the bottom line. Two-thirds of global car sales are expected to be EVs by 2030. If Tesla is manufacturing their vehicles at a fraction of what their competitors are by then, it's safe to assume a lot of those new cars will be Teslas. For our second story, usually we talk about Tiff's troubles. It's about Tiff Macklem, T-Mac, and his ongoing battle with Canadian inflation. Today, however, we're looking at a different Tiff, the Toronto International Film Festival. Jay, I've been going to a few shows myself this week. I love the festival. What's happening with them now? Well, over 200 actors, directors, and other entertainment industry professionals signed an open letter to TIFF CEO Cameron Bailey asking for the festival to drop RBC as a sponsor due to what they claim is the bank's colossal funding of the oil and gas industry. Signatories include big names like Mark Ruffalo, Edward Norton, Joaquin Phoenix, and Rachel McAdams. All stars TIFF presumably would like to walk down future red carpets. And I'd like to see them on that red carpet, right? Now, the pushback comes at a tumultuous time for TIFF. 
earlier this month and announced Bell, its leading sponsor for more than two decades, would sever ties at the end of this year's fest, leaving a $5 million funding gap in its wake. TIFF also paused its relationship with Therm Group, the development company spearheading the controversial redevelopment of Ontario Place. And it matters because TIFF is Canada's biggest film festival and a major driver of the nation's film economy. As film reporter Barry Hertz wrote in the Globe and Mail, quote unquote, the health of TIFF is the health of the Canadian film sector. And the Canadian film sector is important to our overall economy. Per the Canadian Media Producers Association, film and TV production contributed $13.73 billion to the GDP between April 2021 and March 2022 and supported 240,760 jobs. That's a lot of jobs. And here's what's next. TIFF is reportedly talking to RBC about the letter's concerns, though it seems unlikely it will actually drop RBC. Bailey did tell The Globe that after Bell cut and run, the fest was, and this is a quote, looking for partners that will actually engage with what movie going is like now. For our third and final story, throughout the summer, violence has erupted at Eritrean cultural events across Canada and the world between protesters and attendees. The explanation for why, it's pretty complicated. Yeah, this is an interesting story, Jay. So driving the news, the most recent clash in Calgary over the Labor Day long weekend involved as many as 150 people and sent a dozen to the hospital. One Calgary police chief called it the largest violent event to ever happen in our city in recent memory. Fights also occurred at festivals in Toronto and Edmonton in August, as well as events in other countries, including Sweden, Germany and Israel. It's happening because Eritrea, a small country in the Horn of Africa, has been a one-man dictatorship since gaining independence in 1991, per Human Rights Watch. Some members of Canada's sizable Eritrean diaspora, most of whom were forced to flee the country by the current government, and the festivals are backed by the Eritrean regime to spread pop propaganda and raise funds for the state. A wet... Wendell Michael, an expert in nationalist movements, told CTV it's a known fact in the Eritrean communities that the, this is a quote, Eritrean ruling party holds festivals every summer. You know, I love a lot of festivals, Jay. This one does not sound that fun. I did hear about it, though. I actually heard about it. It was in someone's neighborhood, I think on St. Clair. Yeah. And these events have been going on for many years, so no one is sure why the surge in protest is happening now. Some have speculated that Eritrea's recent military action and alleged atrocities in Ethiopia's Tigray region may have stoked tensions. Now, here's the bottom line. The UN said earlier this year the human rights situation in Eritrea, quote unquote, remains dire and shows no signs of improvement. So as long as this remains the case, expect more unrest at Eritrean festivals when they pick up again next summer. I won't be attending. I like Taste of the Dan for it. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more of Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readpeak.com. Thank you, Brett. And to Brett and other Peak Pals, good yontif. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> Throwing some Yiddish in there for you. <laughs> when you give me shock waves.